0: season's going to end on a
1: double doink. Oh, the goodness. Philadelphia Eagles okay. are Super Bowl okay. champions. Oh. Eagles fans oh. everywhere, this is for
0: you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on hey. And your host... Brendan Deeg and Eric it's Warner. gonna take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful. Welcome back to another episode of the Double Dog Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, Please hit that subscribe button. That would be greatly appreciated. Give us a rating, give us a review. Whatever you can do to help us out is greatly appreciated. My co host, Mr. Eric Horner, is with me, but we have a very special guest today. We have Dane bruker from the Athletic Draft Expert and the author of the 267 page The Beast. Dane, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. I appreciate that uh, that intro. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're what? this stays away now. So uh, drafts cannot get here soon enough. I know, man. Go. Eight, eight days away.
0: Can't, go on, can't come any sooner. Before we get to some questions about some prospects, I do want to ask you about the process that went into making this beast of the beast. Um, this thing is awesome. If you haven't, if you haven't read it, please go check it out. But I do want to kind of get, um, kind of get the background on this. How long did it take you? How much hours did it work? And I want one question here. What was the weirdest tape you watched? Like, how in depth did you get? Were you watching people's high school basketball tapes? Like, what was what was the strangest tape you watching in all this?
1: <laughs> uh well my wife could probably tell you better the number of hours i i really couldn't it's just it's a year-round project for me um and it's something that i think in order to do this right it it does take a year-round uh commitment and uh a, a ton of hours every single day um just to you know no stone unturned and i think you know something i struggle with is you know when is enough enough you know when have you seen enough tapes where you're like okay five tapes is enough for him i've got them let's move on or some players need a little bit more and it could be tough just to because, just to because ideally you're watching you know 20 tapes, two full seasons, uh, but that's just not realistic. So, with each one of these guys, it could be a little tough to determine uh, when is enough and is enough. But there, there's so many players. I mean, I, I, I estimated probably in the last in a normal draft cycle, you're you know watching 3,000 players just to either you know understand them or cross them off the list and say, okay, this is not an NFL player. Um, so it's a, it's a long, long process. I, I think the weirdest, uh, tape, uh, you know, you know what it is, is a high school soccer film, uh, for Jake <laughs> Harris. Uh, yeah, cause he, he, uh, f- grew up wanting to play MLS. He was a big soccer player, uh, played a senior year of high school, uh, football, just to hang out with his buddies, that type of thing. Um, and you know, went to Florida Gulf coast to play soccer. And he got that itch that from that one year uh, of playing high school football. So, you know, he walked on it at Western Kentucky uh, and then uh, decided that you know, he was a little homesick, goes back to Florida, walks on at UCF, and got better and better the last few years. Had eight touchdown catches this past year and then blew up at his pro day. So 6'5", 220, and 440 athlete. Uh, did just a lot to like about what his future could be at the next level. Uh, but, yeah, going back and watching some of his soccer uh, highlights just to get a better sense of his athleticism and, you know, where, and and really that's my favorite part of this process and of the draft guide is all the research that goes into each one of these players' background. Uh, I think it really helps us because no, no two journeys are alike there. No, no two journeys are the same. It helps paint a picture of where they've been and that helps tells us where they're headed. So, uh, that's probably my favorite part of this entire process is all the research, uh, talking to high school coaches and, Um, you know teams uh, and just all the different people that helps tells us where these players have come from
2: yeah I haven't even had uh, the time to read it all so I can't fathom the amount of time that it took you to to do it but I really appreciate it and um, I wanted to start off with a pretty broad question Uh, in your opinion how does this uh, draft class stack up to previous draft classes not only in terms of the high-end talent but the depth of the draft as well
1: yeah, it's, it's a draft that's different, vastly different than past years when you just consider the sheer volume of players. Um, and I, I apologize, I can't remember who tweeted this, but uh, there's this month there were, what, 650 players that have signed with agents when normally at this time it's around 1,800 players. So we're talking about almost a third that, of uh, just the, the pool of players in the draft that we're usually used to. So, uh, and, and obviously that's from the pandemic and the NCAA giving players an extra year of eligibility to go back to school. And so that will water down uh, some of the players in the later rounds and uh, absolutely water down the priority free agents and the undrafted free agents. There's there's no way around that. Uh, but I still think it's a pretty good draft when you consider like, I just released my top 300. I, th- I think there's 300 really quality players, uh, obviously some uh, you know better than others. Uh, and then at the top, uh, thank you. Thankfully, this is a big time quarterback group because I don't know that it's necessarily, uh, you know, there's some blue chip players with Kyle Pitts, and I think Jamar Chase probably falls into that. Penny Sewell for me falls into that category, but I don't know that there's necessarily 10, no doubt about it, top 10 players. Uh, but when you factor in these quarterbacks, that's where it gets really interesting. Uh, we've never, we're, we're going to set quarterback records this year. We've never seen quarterbacks go one, two, three, four. There's a decent chance of that happening. We've never seen five quarterbacks go top 10 decent chance of that happening. We've never seen seven quarterbacks go in the first two rounds. And, uh, you know, there's a decent chance that that we see that happen as well. So these quarterbacks, which, you know, they drive the conversation in any draft, but especially this year, uh, which is just a, it's a really uh, fascinating way to to look at this draft when we just don't know what's going to happen at number three in the 49ers. And we're still, you know, we're a week out and we're still kind of guessing. And on one hand, uh, you know, it's a little frustrating and, you know, I'm supposed to be the expert. I'm supposed to know, but I really, I don't know. I have no problem saying that. Uh, and on the other hand, you know what? That's what we, why we love the draft because it's going to make it all that more exciting uh, Thursday, next Thursday night when the first round comes and we're kind of waiting on pins and needles to see which quarterback is called with that number three pick. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Um, you have you have Mac Jones mocked in your latest seven-round mock draft
0: to the 49ers at number three. It seems like something changed maybe a day or two ago. The betting, at least in Vegas it did. Justin Fields is now the favorite to go third overall. Um, if the draft – was going to happen tomorrow. What was your best guess at what happened to number three?
1: It's still Mac Jones. Um, I I think the Vegas odds, to me, they kind of swing the way Twitter does. Uh, You know, whichever way Twitter's saying that, because that's, you know, their betting odds are obviously based off of, uh, you know, who's going to make the bets. And if Twitter says that they think it's going to be Justin Fields, then that's kind of how I've seen some of these betting props uh, swing as well. So, I don't think that you know anyone in Vegas is getting this inside information from anybody in the league. I I, I really don't. Um, now it's it's interesting because they uh, 49ers obviously moved up from 12 to three with a specific quarterback in mind. Has anything happened these last three weeks to change their mind at all? Because they've attended the pro days for Mac Jones, uh, then Justin Fields, and now Trey Lance. Um, they've seen him throw. Has anything happened that would change their mind, uh, or is this – just due diligence on their part. It's hard to know. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are keeping the cards very close to the vest. There there are members of the 49ers coaching staff who have no clue uh, who they're going to take. So, you know, this isn't a smoke screen thing or anything like that. I just think this 49ers in a weird year. Cause remember the area scouts, haven't been able to be on the road. We don't have the combine where, uh, you know, these teams are able to sit down with these players and go over the film and get to know them better. Uh, it's just a weird year. And so I think it's just smart of the 49ers to take every possible second up until the draft, up until when they have to make a pick to vet all these guys, just to make sure that they have it right. Uh, and so I, I, where we are right now, um, I, I, I still think Mac Jones is the favorite, uh, just because that's what people in the league believe. But I wouldn't be surprised at any of those three names if they're mentioned, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. And when the trade was made, my initial thought was, Oh, Trey Lance. Perfect fit. I love that fit for him, uh, for the 49ers. Um, and so there's I, I think there's still a chance that it could be Trey Lance. But people in the league tend to believe that's Mac Jones. And I think you, you can understand why when you think about Kyle Shanahan and what he values in the quarterback position, uh, anticipation, timing. Uh, and when you look at Mac Jones, you what are the two most important traits you want in a quarterback? accuracy decision-making. And uh, you could argue that he's better in those two areas than Trey Lance or Justin Fields. And you just have to figure out, okay, is Mac Jones good enough in those other areas, talking about size and mobility and all these other variables. Um, And so I think you can at least understand why you could look at Mac Jones and say he might be a Kyle Shanahan uh, type of quarterback, why they would go that direction. Uh, Some people have a tough time getting past that, especially trading up to get him, but uh, it's at least in the realm of possibility because that's that's how a lot of NFL teams around the league are, are thinking right now.
2: Right, and quarterbacks are always going to get all the hype pre, pre-draft process, and this year they're getting a ton of hype. Um, you mentioned there's a potential for four or five quarterbacks in the top 10. Do you think they're deserving of going in the top 10? Are they that special, or are teams just extra desperate for quarterbacks right now?
1: You know, I think you can make the argument that they, you know, they they could go top 10 and, you know, they should go top 10. Um, Trey Lance, uh, or excuse me, Trevor Lawrence, absolutely. He's the top player. And then at number two, uh, Zach Wilson, he's been my number two quarterback since the fall. Those two guys, uh, you know, they belong in the top 10. Trey Lance is interesting because of just the meager experience. Uh, You know, he does not have a great body of work. Uh, You know, you could... Uh, add up his career pass attempts both high school and college and you know it's 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 less than uh you know some some of these players have had in a a two-year span in college so just the meager experience um is is something that you uh, obviously concerns about but the package of skills with his size his arm talent the intelligence uh really really intriguing with with trey lance uh and just he's not a guy it's kind of like there's some parallels with josh allen josh allen grew up uh, you know, California, not, ha- you know, not having a quarterback coach and not being groomed to play the position at high level goes to Wyoming where, uh, you know, they obviously, you know, developed him to a certain extent, but not to, you know, there's still untapped potential there. It's kind of similar with Trey Lance, where he didn't grow up being groomed to play quarterback. He played safety his senior year of high school, uh, as well as quarterback. So, you know, the Gophers, Minnesota, they recruited him as a safety uh, North Dakota State gave him a chance at quarterback, and they developed him some these uh, you know his three seasons in Fargo. But there's still development left for him to do, and that kind of puts his ceiling uh, pretty high. And now and it's that, and part of the reason why I think Trey Lance is the third quarterback. Justin Fields is my fourth quarterback, and that's not uh, some people hear that and they they think oh he's dropping or that's just disrespectful to him. And I I, I don't know I, I don't get it. I mean he's a really good player, uh, a, a really talented player it just happens to be in a really stacked quarterback class. So having Trey Lance or Zach Wilson ahead of Justin Fields isn't disrespectful. It's just, you know, these guys are all really, really good. They're all really, really talented. Uh, It's just, it's, you know, for, for me and for a lot of other people, when you have to nitpick these guys to, to rank them, put one over the other, it just, you know, with Justin Fields, he's, uh, he's the fourth quarterback, but at a, in the top 10, if my team needed a quarterback, yeah, absolutely. I'm taking a chance on Fields and just the raw talent that he offers, uh, you know, what he could be, uh, at the next level. And then Mac Jones, uh, you know, I, I kind of just, you know, what I said in the last answer about the accuracy of decision-making, I, he's not a top 10 player for me in this draft, but I can at least understand why a team would look at him and say, okay, I get it, you know, for our scheme, for what we like to do he's going to be a fit and he's going to be a guy that's going to be productive for us. Let's move to the premium position on the defensive side of the ball. And that's the edge rushing position.
0: Um, I think it's a very interesting class. It, it may not be very top heavy, but I think there's yeah. a bunch of guys here that are worthy of a first round pick. And clearly we just saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the Super Bowl by getting after the quarterback. Who in your opinion is just the best get after the quarterback guy in this draft?
1: To me, it's Aziz Adjulari out of Georgia, uh, 6'2", 250, which, you know, that doesn't sound very big and it's not. But when you factor in that he has 34 half inch arms, he has the length of a 6'5 player, but he has the benefit of being 6'2". So he can play underneath blocks. He can win the corner and dip and rip. And so there's a lot to like about his body type, even though it might not be uh, quote-unquote ideal for what a lot of teams look for. Um, He's coming off his uh, season, his registered sophomore season at Georgia, 20 years old, led the SEC in sacks, tackles for a loss, forced fumbles, Um, he's not just a one trick pony where, you know, he's just going to get after the quarterback. He can do that, but he's also very instinctive so he can play the run. He can set a hard edge. Um, he does need to diversify his approach a little bit, just, you know, in terms of learning, uh, some more tricks of the trade and just how to, uh, you know, patch together his pass rush moves, the secondary moves, the countermeasures, things like that. He can get better in those areas, but, uh, you know, what he is right now as such a young player, I'm very intrigued. I think at some point in the first round. I'm taking my chances on, it, on Aziz Ogulari, and I, I agree with you. This is we don't have that Miles Garrett or the Bosa's or, or that Chase Young at the top of the draft. We're not going to have a pass rusher top ten most likely, but it's a really intriguing group of, of pass rushers in the back half of round one. When you factor in uh, quitty Pay out of Michigan and uh, Jalen Phillips, Jalen Phillips might be the best pass rusher in this group. He just has some questions off the field that uh, teams are going to struggle with with the medical background and things like that. But when you watch Jalen Phillips on film, and you see a plan, you see a way, a guy that can win in different ways, power, quickness. Uh, he has a a set uh, idea of how he's trying to break down the rhythm of blockers. He can play the run. So there's some flat. I get flashbacks of, of Nick Bosa when I watch Jalen Phillips. He's not quite on that level, but uh, you at least uh, see that style of player. And uh, with uh, the medical history, it just makes it tough, especially for those of us on the outside. To uh, you know, rank him accurately with where he fits in this draft. When, you know, he started at UCLA and they told him, hey, you got to medically retire. Three diagnosed concussions, we can't clear you. Goes to Miami, started 10 games this past year, stayed healthy. So that's encouraging. But each team's gonna look at it a, a little bit differently. Um, and it doesn't stop there. You can go, you know, Jason Oways fascinating out of Penn State, the freakiest of the freaks when it comes to just natural talent and ability. Zero sacks last year. That sticks out like a sore thumb for a lot of people, and I get it. But his tape shows a guy that was disruptive, disruptive getting to the backfield and affecting what the quarterback was trying to do. So uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm I a believer in Jason Oway and just the natural talent and what he could be with some more development at the next level. Joe Tryon from Washington, another similar discussion where uh, the raw traits, you want to bet on the raw traits and develop him, even though he doesn't have a great body of work. Uh, Gregor Rousseau is a little bit of a polarizing player. Uh, so this pass rush group is really, really fascinating with talented yet flawed players uh, worthy of top 40, top 50 consideration.
2: Yeah, I, I honestly can't remember a draft where an edge rusher didn't go top 10, but it's good It's good to know that there, there's some depth yeah. at the position. Uh, I wanted to move to another exciting position, and that's wide receiver. Through the draft process, I've fallen in love with Jamar Chase. I think he has a chance to be really, really special. My co-host does not. He he actually has Smith higher. Um, do you have? I know on your rankings you have Chase as your fourth best player overall in the draft. How far of a gap do you have from Chase to those other wide receivers?
1: I don't know that there's a huge gap. Uh, you know, with Chase, there there's just so much to like with what he did in 2019 as part of that offense. Um, uh, he needs to get better in a few areas uh, just in terms of making every route look the same off the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, not relying just on his physical attitude to, uh, you know, that physical nature to win uh, at at the line of scrimmage and his releases, win at the top of the route, um, you know, add a little more nuance to what he's doing out there. But for a guy that's, uh, you know, uh, as productive as he was, and you look at the testing numbers, I don't know that he plays necessarily up to those testing numbers, But just the fact that he, you know, a a 399 short shuttle, only two players in this entire draft class got under four seconds in the short shuttle. Uh, Michael Carter, the running back out of North Carolina, and and Jamar Chase. And that says something right there about his athleticism. And what I love most about him is his my ball mentality, that attitude when the ball is up in the air. He just wants it more than anybody else. And so uh, with Jamar Chase, I see a a smaller version of like a Larry Fitzgerald, that type of uh, player. So I'm all on board with Jamar Chase as being the top receiver. Um, but I really, really like Jalen Waddle and Devonte Smith as well. Uh, what you know, they're two players that uh, you know, in different ways, you could kind of nitpick at them. With Jalen Waddle, uh, you know, missing the most of this past season with an injury. Uh, I think that what he showed in the first four games, you can be encouraged with his development as a route runner, his development with his tracking skills down the field. Um, and so, Jalen Waddle, I think, is the the favorite to be that second quarter or second wide receiver drafted. And then Devontae Smith is, is, is there. There's definitely split opinion throughout the league because of his body type. Uh, you know, he's a good player, but there are going to be some NFL teams that look at 170 pounds, and you know, in his playing weight's probably even a, bit, a little bit less than that, and say, we're just not willing to take a, a, a you know a, an outlier with our first round pick. Um, you know, and that's 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 what's best for that team. But other teams are looking at the tape. They're looking at a guy that hasn't, has played double or started double digit games each of the last three years. Um, uh, a, a guy who is tougher and more competitive than a lot of wide receivers that are 225 pounds. And they're going to say, Hey, we'll gladly uh, take this guy in the first round and take our chances with the quote unquote outlier. So, um, I, I do think they will be the first three receivers drafted probably, uh, you know, Chase is going to go early top 10 waddle somewhere top 12 Smith, somewhere top 16, most likely, Um, But three really good players who uh, are are going to be, uh, you know, I I think immediate contributors in the NFL. And then that's where it gets interesting. After those three with wide receivers four through eight and just the different order, we could see uh, those wide receivers coming off the board. Yeah, and I
0: think today it came out that he was 166 pounds, correct? I think um,
1: after his, his second weigh in, I believe. Well, yeah, that's what Albert Breer tweeted at his medicals because uh, you know, 150 players or so went to Indianapolis the last few weeks for, for medicals, and he was 166, which he weighed, He did weigh in on his pro day. He was 170 pounds, and I don't think 166 is too surprising just because he mm-hmm. – you know last spring he was 172 before the season he was in the 160s he's just somewhere in that 165 to 172 range is just kind of that's what he is and he's not a guy mm-hmm. that's going to be 180 it's not a, you know once he gets to the nfl he'll put on 10 pounds. no that that's just that's not his body type um you know he didn't go to alabama state he went to alabama i exactly, yes he would have to this point so it's just it's a it's definitely a topic that's got some split opinion throughout league circles
0: yeah, like you, you nailed it. He went to Alabama. That's pretty much a pro program. Like, if he's not gaining weight there, I don't know how much weight he's going to gain in the NFL. I still think he's, I still think he's got such a high ceiling, and I, I think it'd be tough. I'm an Eagles fan. I think it'd be tough to pass up on on twelve. All right, I got to mm-hmm. ask you this question. I'm really curious. I haven't really dove into the linebacker group as much um, as I wanted to. That's pretty much my next thing on my on my task list to do. Is there like another Darius Leonard or a Fred Warner sitting in this class? What's this linebacker class look like?
1: It's a pretty decent linebacker group, and I think it offers something a little bit different for everybody based on the type of linebacker uh, you're looking for. You know, Micah Parsons is uh, another athletic freak. Um, you know, he's uh, uh, you know, 6'3", 246, uh, which is almost uh, the same size as Aziz Anjulari. You know, he, he looks uh, like a guy that could be a defensive end, and he was a defensive end in high school, uh, and they moved into an off-ball linebacker role. Um, Jeremiah Wusukoromo is more of your – uh, you know your uh, Isaiah Simmons from last year—that a uh, little bit of a tweener, played the rover position at Notre Dame, uh, and, and he played. It was a f- perfect fit for that scheme and what they asked him to do. Uh, you have to have a plan for him, but as long as your plan, uh, as long as you have a plan, he could be a big-time uh, uh, weapon for you on defense. You know, we talk about gadget players on offense a lot. He's a gadget player on defense, where line him up over the slot receiver and he can cover him downfield. Uh, you know, line him up as uh, as an edge blitzer and, you know, let his explosiveness, uh, you know, go to work. So you just so many things you can do with him, uh, but you just have to have a plan in place. Uh, zaven Collins is really interesting. because 6'5", uh, 260, 270. You know, he's just that old school kind of linebacker that has Bill Belichick written all over him. Um, Jamin Davis, he might be the closest thing to that, uh, Darius Leonard type of linebacker, a guy that's going to go somewhere late one, early two, big, long player with speed, um, and a, a guy that has some flaws in terms of taking on blocks and uh, you know just there, some of the change of direction stuff. But his play recognition is really uh, it, uh, really intriguing for a guy that's only a one year starter at Kentucky. But he was productive, had over uh, double digit tackles uh, at, at, per game this past season. Uh, I think if if there were going to if there's going to be a Fred Werner in this class, I think maybe the closest thing could be a Jabril Cox out of LSU. Uh, really good in coverage. Uh, you you love his football character. He was really productive at North Dakota State. Could have stayed there uh, and you know said I'm still going to be a top pick. Uh, you know a, a day two pick, but he decided to transfer to LSU. Uh, and when he was asked why, he said because I, I if I'm if I'm not here, then I'm not challenging myself. I want to be a better football player. And so you just you you love. Uh, what he brings to your locker room, what he brings to your defense, and uh, there are some questions about him as a run defender. Uh, some of his run fits need to be better, but uh, him as a as a guy that can drop in the coverage and be a really smooth athlete, uh, you know, he could be that Pete Warner style of player on on day two uh, that a team's looking for. All right, one more quick question
0: for you, Dane: Is Patrick Sertan a lock to be the first corner off the board?
1: No, I won't say that. I I do think that there's a lot of J.C. Horn fans um, uh, around the league. Uh, now, uh, more than Sertan, um, I, I think he. I, it's fair to say Sertan is definitely the favorite. Um, uh, and I, he's probably the favorite to be the first defensive player uh, drafted off the board, uh, which is it's really weird this year. We might not have a defensive player off the board until the 10th pick, which would be uh, a new record. Uh, the latest uh, defensive player has been drafted is 99, Champ Bailey. Uh, with the seventh uh, overall pick. So, uh, Sertan's just an easy player to like. There's zero panic in his game, just a very smooth athlete. Twitch, he doesn't have ideal twitch. And so you will see explosive receivers be able to create these little pockets of separation, but he trusts his technique so well. Um, a guy that, yeah, five star guy who got to Tuscaloosa started right away for Nick Saban and in 41 career games, he gave up four uh, touchdowns through the air. So, um, you know, he has production, has uh, the size. He's 6'2, 210. Uh, tested really well even though he chose not to do the three cone which is telling a little bit so just a really quality player who I don't know that we will we'll ever talk about him as being a top five corner in the league but he's just gonna be a quality starter uh, an above average starter for a long time Dane man you're the best thank you so much for doing this before you go why don't you tell the listeners where they can find your work no, I appreciate that uh, y'all you can find me on Twitter at DP Brugler uh, all my contents on the athletic uh, including the draft guide which uh, you know like I said if If you like the NFL draft at all, I promise you, you will not be disappointed um, uh, with the draft guide. Everything's in there from all the NFL verified pro day data, um, over 400 reports, um, all the information. It's very detailed. I I do a draft guide that, you know, I would feel comfortable, uh, you know, getting and picking up and I would find interest in. And so um, if you like the NFL draft at all, 0% chance uh, you'll be disappointed with the guide. So hopefully you check it out. Awesome, Dan. Thanks again. Have a good one. All right. You too, guys. Thanks that was
0: Dane Burger of the Athletic if you haven't already please 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 check out his draft guide it is awesome it is 100% worth it um and yeah Eric what what do you think what do you think we had to say what uh do you think that Mac Jones is going number 3
2: I I just have such a tough time processing that the 49ers gave up all those picks all that ammo to move up for Mac Jones like I I just don't see a massive upgrade at Mac Jones's best compared to Jimmy G. Yeah. So for me, for me, I'm still I'm I'm still holding out that I don't think the pick will be Mac Jones.
0: I I just did my first mock draft, It should be out tonight. So Wednesday night. Um I have Justin Fields going three. I, I I don't know. I'm not buying it. But neither am I. Again, like is, I said it, I said it on a radio interview this weekend. I said, if guys like Dane Brueger, guys like guys like Mel Kuiper, these guys are taking back Jones three, who are we to say no? But like it just I won't believe it until I see it kind of thing.
2: Yeah, same. But I I'm still holding strongly that I think Justin Fields is going to be the prize of this draft. I outside of Trevor Lawrence, obviously, I, I still have Fields ahead of Wilson. Um Dane did make me kind of reading his reading his mocks. He's in love with Zach Wilson. so that that did give me a little make me a little tentative, but I'm still so high on fields. i I just don't see what people don't like in this guy. I love everything about his game.
0: So question for you um before we
2: go, you Chicago Bears, what do you want them to do? Any idea uh, So. <laughs> We did. We ran out of time with Dane. We didn't really get to touch on the offensive lineman too at all. But um, I, I just don't. I don't want. I don't want the pick to be complicated. Just take the biggest, meanest offensive line that likes (laughs) hitting people. Like the Bears.
0: What about corner? Don't uh, you think you can replace Kyle Fuller?
2: I. I just don't know. If at twenty they'll be, I at twenty I think they'll be reaching on a corner. I think at twenty they'll be a, an offensive lineman slotted in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, my problem with the Bears is I think their offense is a little too cute. Like third and one, third and two for the Chicago Bears, it feels like third and four. I want, I want an offensive lineman that can just look at look at the coach and say, "Run behind me, I'll get you one yard." That we don't have that right now since Kyle Long retired. So. It's not a sexy pick, but I just want the biggest, meanest offensive lineman available.
0: So before we go, I want to get out my kind of Eagles draft take a week before the draft. Um, I think, and Eric, you can I don't know if you have an opinion on this, but I think Devonta Smith is on the board at 12. You take Devonta Smith at 12. I, I think it'd be completely insane to pass up on the former Heisman winner. Um, look, like the guy won the freaking Heisman Award, and the Eagles have not been able to find a wide receiver at all. Since basically Trello, or let's say Deshaun Jackson, let's give Deshaun Jackson credit. They haven't had a good wide receiver basically since him. That's been over years, and they've struggled with the position for so long. I know they don't have a lot of corners on the on the roster right now, but I, I think wide receiver is the way to go. Um, if Devonta Smith is on the board, I know again the one hundred sixty six pound thing is scary, but I, I think that has to be the pick. And I, I think they're nuts if they pass on him twelve. I, I truly do, and I think they have to pull the trigger
2: there. Um, what do you think about that before we go? Well, I'm not as high on Devontae Smith as you, but at 12, that is value. Mm-hmm. However, if Sertan is there at 12, which I think is unlikely, I think that that should change all plans. Like, mm-hmm. as badly as the Eagles need a wide receiver, their cornerback group is even scarier, in my opinion. And one of Horn or Sertan should be there at 12. So, yeah, I think either either way, though, look at it as a positive. Like you're. Two pos- two massive positions of need. The Eagles should be able to get a blue chipper at 12.
0: I think one of the Alabama guys
2: will be there. Sertan, Waddle, Smith. I think that should be the pick overall.
0: If Jace- I'm fine with JC Horn as well if you want to add them in. But I think that's the pick. And I, I can't take it anymore. I need the draft to come right now. And with the first pick of the 2021 Men's Grooming Draft, the backs- Ball Saxonville Saguire select Manscaped. The leaders in below the waist grooming. Looks like Mel Kuiper gave this an A-plus grade because this pick is a major upgrade for that Bush defense. The Perfect Packers 3.0 kit is designed to make grooming below the waist easy. Confluent trim below the waist with a lawnmower 3.0 waterproof trimmer um, featuring advanced skin-safe technology. Enjoy soft ceramic blades cutting coarse hair at 7,000 RPM. Because of the ceramic blades skins and Skinscape technology, your nicks and sayings will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarter balls. The Crop Rever- crop Preserver is an anti-chasing ball deodorant, which ensures that your afternoon stroll doesn't end with your balls sticking to your leg or smelling like eggs. The Crop reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. It will give your tessies a boost. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DOINK at manscaped.com. That is code D-O-I-N-K, DOINK at manscaped.com. It's time you turn that team in your pants around with Manscaped. All right, Eric, before we go, you got anything else to get off your chest about the draft?
2: No, uh, we're going to dive into the defensive players this week. We'll have one more episode uh, this week about the defensive players. I haven't really done too much in-depth on that side of the ball, so I'm looking forward to that. And, hey, we're, we're a week away. Like, it's time to get excited. Eight days, baby. I cannot freaking wait. Man, I cannot come soon enough. But yes, me and Eric will
0: be back We, Friday, we're going to be recording Friday or Saturday, so it'll be before the, maybe by the middle of the weekend, we'll have a defensive player episode for you. So kind of breaking down the top 15 defensive players in the draft. Next Monday, me and Eric will be back with a mock draft. Both of our mock drafts will be coming to you. We'll be breaking down who we think is going in round one. And then on Wednesday, we have Gilles Gallant of Odd Shark. It's going to be coming on. And we're going to be talking best bets of the draft because look, the draft almost started it's like a gambling show now. Like, yeah. like last year, yeah. like it's it's starting to like a fun gambling night. So, and I'm sure a lot of people are interested in that. So, Gilles Gallant of Odd Shark, the best of the business, will be coming on to we'll be talking about that. Again, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Double Drunk podcast. Please check out Dave Brugler's. Draft guide titled The Beast. You can find it on his Twitter account and it's so helpful. Again, if you just are into the NFL draft, like he said, just give it a read, it will help you drastically. And we'll talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening. This episode is sponsored by 22Bet. 22Bet is your one stop shop for all your sports betting. Download the 22Bet app now for its easy-to-use interface. The app is fast and reliable and completely intuitive. The sign-up process is short and the sign-up process is remarkably quick. There are lots of products, including slots and live casino betting. Mark your favorites for quicker access to your preferred sports leagues and teams. 22Bet has a huge selection of payment methods as well as options for cryptocurrencies. And transactions are fast and no additional fees apply. Take advantage of your 100% welcome bonus for your 1st first-time deposit. 22bet has some of the highest odds on the sports you're interested in, along with excellent coverage of sporting events, including local leagues. Terms and conditions apply. Visit 22bet.com for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.